0: $42,000 in debt at age 23, student loans in deferment, four sale signs in your car, cable shut off. If this is you, you need to listen to this episode of the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and backed by popular demand, my man Kyle Scholl, K. Scholl. Because he's been forty-two thousand dollars in debt at forty two at, at age twenty-three. I have driven around Central Florida with four sale signs in my Ford Explorer sport track while my cable was cut off and my student loans were deferred. And if you saw us today, there is no way in hell you would believe us. This episode is a bonus episode because Kyle and I just wrapped up a kick-ass 45-minute Podcast where he and I went back and forth sharing his experiences as a financial advisor, as a real estate agent. Kyle talked about growing up and some of the awesome lessons that were taught to him by his father. We talked about just general personal finance habits. But as we got to the end of our show, Kyle started sharing a story that I thought, oh my God, a, this is really good, but B, we're kind of out of time. So here we are. We're, we're back at it, and we're going to spend the next 20 minutes really talking about that particular life event, and as time permits, I'll be more than happy to share my own particular life event, but truly, if you are someone who finds yourself in a hole and possibly feeling a little bit in despair, don't. There is a way out. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. And let's learn from Kyle's story. So Kyle, walk us through it. Sure. You were 23, 22, is that right?
1: Yeah. So in the previous show, we, we talked about how I mentioned sometimes people don't wake up financially until they hit rock bottom, right? Yes. And that's what happened to me. Okay. <laughs> so you know, to anyone listening, if you are in that situation, just know This too shall pass and you're going to get through it. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be glamorous and it's not going to be easy. It's going to be, it's going to take work and it's going to be hard and it's going to take some sacrifice, but if you're disciplined and if you have a passion to improve your financial situation, 100%, it is absolutely possible.
0: Okay. So, um. Age 18, you go off to Tallahassee, Florida. You are a student at Florida State University. You're double majoring in real estate and finance. Mm -hmm. Yet there's some discipline that is not in place. What was it? Were Were you overspending? Were you just not working? Was it a combination of both? Did you have maybe a life event happen where maybe you were hospitalized and had a huge medical bill?
1: Thank God that wasn't the case. Okay. No. So, again... I don't mind sharing some personal stuff because people have personal lives. Right. And this is my personal story. I'm the second oldest of four boys and my parents split up when I was, I keep on looking at John, like he yeah. knows uh, <laughs> you, you remember John when, the, when, when our parents split up, yeah. they split up when I was 12. Okay. And this isn't uh, you know, a psychologically like t- tremor in my, in my life, but it happened. Right. I did. I've never uh, been fortunate. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know. I've never, I've never gone to, th- therapy for it. Okay. I, I don't know if that's the right way of saying it. A lot of people go to therapy. I don't want to offend anybody. Um, my it, therapist
0: would dig up the 12-year-old you, <laughs> and yes, you would find out that some of your quirkiness is from that, but uh, that's not for this episode. Correct.
1: Yes. Well, that happened, right? That's part of my story, part of my life. So 12 parents split up. Uh, they got back together. They, they never remarried, got back together, and then split up again. And when my dad remarried, I I just, that was very eye-opening to me, to see your mother and father be with other people. That was just very weird. And when I started to learn more about my father's history, it then started to become very clear. Because I was just about to go off to college. Okay. And I was thinking back through my dad's experience, right? So my dad, when he was a senior in college at Purdue up in Indiana... He had a son and a son on the way. Wow. So, senior in college. I don't know how people handle that at that age. So, when my dad advised me to really enjoy college, I took his advice. (laughs) You went all in. I did. And like you're talking about like spring breaks, Panama
0: City, Cancun. Like, were you like doing it all? The Bahamas. Yes. Like, were you like in Atlantis? No. On a credit card, no, okay,
1: no, I wasn't that crazy, but I'll tell you what I did do. I made the intentional decision not to work, okay. And I knew because, it, again, in the previous episode, we spoke about how I did grow up working, right? Lawn care business with my older brother when I was 10, got my first job, I think, at 13 or 14. Yeah,
0: saved enough money to buy a little motorcycle, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. okay, I
1: actually applied for a job at Restoration Hardware when I was 14. And they said, hey, you'll be 15 in two weeks, come back then and we'll hire you for our shipping and receiving. So work has been in my blood since pre teenage years. And you've shared some stories about how your kids are on a great path with that as well, which is fantastic. I encourage that. But going back to the debt situation, right personal situation, personal story. I didn't want to work. I wanted to truly enjoy college, and I wanted to really get it all out of my system, so to speak, and I did that. And then I graduated from college, and I was like, holy crap, what just happened?
0: So out of curiosity, I mean, this is the bars on Tennessee Street. This is Guthrie's at 2 a.m. Like, you weren't meal planning it. You were living off campus. You were hitting the spring breaks, right? You were enjoying college. Dustin, were you— You weren't there with me. I wasn't there with you. I know we looked like brothers. I have been to Guthrie's (laughs) in Tallahassee, Florida after 2 a.m., but no, I was a student at the University of Central Florida, yes. may have had some friends up in the Tallahassee area that I would go visit.
1: And I'm going to date myself a little bit here, but I, I was in Tallahassee back when there was a Blockbusters in, in Tallahassee. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that, that's when I was in college.
0: So so, so here you go. So you, you have fun in college, yes. right? Learning from dad a little bit, have yeah. fun in college, but now you're 22, 23, you're graduating and you find yourself in this yeah. huge hole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there had to be been some magic, some kind of secret sauce, some potion that you took, some well you drank from, and poof, it all disappeared.
1: I would tell you what the secret sauce is, but you have to go to Financial Awareness with Kay Scholl on YouTube to find out. No, I'm just, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just financial no, I'm, awareness I'm, with K. Scholl. That I'm
0: is S C H O L L on YouTube.
1: <laughs> no, the, I, the great tee up. There's no secret sauce, right? Uh, I, I will say though, the secret sauce is just rolling your sleeves up, good old fashioned work, right? I've always had a pay by performance job, and that's a, I would say that is a clear line in the sand between a regular w-2 structure where you make x number of dollars per year you put away x number of dollars for your future and your paycheck is relatively predictable
0: and consistent
1: yes and consistent my paychecks had a little bit of consistency to them but they were also based off of my hard work right we mentioned i was in real estate for my first seven years after school so if you have a month where you only uh have zero closings i say only zero yeah. when you have zero closings you're getting no money and not only are you getting no that's money, consistent zero yes. zero zero <laughs> so you had so i was in a pay by performance type of job. If you are not, if you're listening to this and you're not in a pay by performance job, then you have to do a little bit more work. You have to either find a side hustle or you have to go to your boss's office and say, hey boss, I would like more responsibility. I would like to earn your trust. I would like to learn what our company or what our organization needs for us to be a better organization. What can I do to help get us there? There's
0: a term for that. Intrapreneurship. We did an episode on it probably about a month or two ago with Louis VauSaint, mm. um, and I had never heard of the, the the term until Louis came in. Intra, intra, not yes, entrepreneur, not intra, Entra is outside, intra inside of your organization. If you're not in a pay for performance type career, mm-hmm. then you have to learn how to become an entrepreneur. How do you bring more value to your organization so you can leverage more income for yourself? Which is the hard work you're describing that's going to then allow me to dig myself out of this hole that I created because there's probably no magic pill. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, the way to ask for a pay raise is not to ask for a pay raise. It's, and I don't know if you cover this in, in, in that show, but the way you do it is by not asking for it. And then you go, and then you prove your worth, you prove how hard you can work. And then you go ask, what more can I do? Imagine being the boss in that situation, right? It's just, Mm -hmm. Put yourself in other shoes. Imagine being on the other side of that conversation. Imagine being on the other side of that table. You are the boss. And a, a, a hard worker who's already demonstrated good hard work is coming in asking for more. Why would you not want to give that person a raise, right? But again, going back to the story, right? Okay. So... I, w- I wanted to go off on that tangent because although I was in a pay by performance type of situation, not everybody's in that situation, but even though you're not in that situation, there's still stuff you can do, whether it is entrepreneurship, which is a great word or side hustles on the side, right? Mm-hmm. Doing something else. But I worked hard. I lived below my means and just over time, just chunked away, chunked away, chunked
0: Chipped away. Shift away. Yeah. Yep. We talk about this all the time. How do you, how do you eat an elephant mm-hmm. one bite at a time? You're not going to get it all down at one time but eventually Mm -hmm. yeah just chip away
1: you know what's funny about that phrase yes never had elephant
0: it tastes a little bit like bald eagle
1: you know what else is an interesting (laughs) phrase you know what else is an interesting phrase in my refrigerator right now all of my eggs are in one basket
0: interesting and you you are told in life do not put all your eggs in one basket isn't that just really silly um, by a basket, you mean an egg carton, or do you Correct. actually have? Okay, because no. I don't. I've never seen an egg
1: basket personally. My mom had a basket at one point, but yeah, no, carton. Yes, carton. carton. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so we digress. We digress. So, uh, getting back to the debt, right? So, how do we do it? Well, step one is you've got to know what your potential is. You got to know how much money it's possible for you to make, so that you can have a light at the end of the tunnel, so that you can know okay, am I gonna be in this for three years? Am I gonna be in this for six months? Or is this like a five-year plan? Because when you go into the quote-unquote payoff debt mode, if you, if you go into it with the wrong mindset, if you go into it with the microwave mindset versus the crock pot mindset, you're gonna be disappointed.
0: Dude, this is huge, by the way. Okay. Like, like, no, I, I love that. I love the microwave versus crock pot. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there talking, and something that I've, I've been into personally has been um, running and training for for either triathlons or, or, or for 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, marathons. You look fantastic. Well, thank you. Um, but mindset. Yeah. Like, you have to understand what it is that you're trying to – I'm sure this is where you're getting. I'm cutting you off, and I apologize. But I kind of ex- get excited because you're talking about I can't go run an Ironman or compete in an Ironman if my – mindset is that my training should mirror that of just running a 10K. That's your microwave versus crock pot. Crockpot takes you twelve hours to cook. Microwave may may take you a minute and 20 seconds. Yes. An Iron Man may take two years of training just to be ready or eligible to compete. Not saying you're gonna do well. You're just conditioning your body to a to a point where you can do it. But if I go into the mindset, yeah Today is July of 2020, and I'm going to run an Ironman, and I haven't even run a freaking marathon, let alone run a marathon after a two-mile swim and after a hundred and whatever it is, 30-mile bike ride, then I'm just setting myself up for for disappointment.
1: Good luck.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, again, my apologies. No, you're good. I'm sure that's what you're getting at, right? Like, you have to look at your scenario and put together a realistic plan Mm -hmm. that is achievable that you and
1: you yourself cannot get discouraged while championing for your cause. i got another one for you okay Mm -hmm. i love sharing these little nuggets because every time i get a nugget it's like ah it's so good you want to share it with other people
0: not a -A (laughs) chick-fil-a nugget i don't share (laughs) No, no no not
1: not those not those all conflict all conflict is a result of expectations not being met right so let's tie that into this story If your expectations going into paying off your debt are, I could do it in six months, I could do it in 10 months, and it takes you two years, well, when you're seven months in, when you're 10 months in, and you're struggling, and you're nowhere near your goal, you're going to give up. You're going to say the words, oh, I deserve this. I'm seven months in. Mm -mm. Nope, you don't deserve it. You're not there yet. You're not ready yet. Your expectations weren't set.
0: So say that again, because I love that uh, phrase. All conflict.
1: Yep. So I didn't, I I stole this from somebody else that shared it with me. So it's not original. All conflict between you and your spouse, you and your kid, you and the people that work with you, your clients, your customers, all conflict is a result of expectations not being met. So if you can set the right expectations going into any scenario you're gonna have a great outcome because you're gonna know what's expected of you and you're gonna know what's expected of your budget. You're gonna know what's expected of how quickly you can accomplish your goal, whether it's paying off debt or whether it's anything else at your job or at life.
0: How long did it take you to pay off your $42,000 in debt? And was it all credit card debt? Are you lumping in student loans and credit cards into that? Or student loans and car payments into that?
1: So my 42,000 was divided almost evenly. Around 2021 20, in credit cards and around 21 in change in, in student loan debt.
0: Okay. Because there's certain things like student loan debt that on a personal level, mm-hmm. I can see as an evil necessity mm-hmm. if it was taken down or taken out mm-hmm. the debt mm-hmm. in a educated manner that was responsible. Credit card debt, there's typically nothing responsible about it. And typically the, the decisions were emotional, not educated.
1: Not thought out. Not thought out at the all. The nickel beer at Potbelly's was not thought out.
0: Well, because you showed up on non-nickel beer <laughs> night and decided to stay. But uh, that's a whole nother podcast and a whole nother story. Um, but no, and, and, and it's an interesting concept because I'm curious because you said 42000 How long did it take you to get out of the 42000 And did right. you – was there a method to your madness like you attacked one debt or the other or was it
1: just – Clean it all off as quick as possible. There absolutely was a method to the madness. And it all had to go. And, I, and my student loan interest rate was 3.75%. Which is cheap. It, it, it was cheap, yep. right? From a financial standpoint, I completely understand the argument of, hey, that debt's only costing you 375 If you invest it, you could earn more. I completely understand that mindset. That's a numbers game. But if I knew the numbers, I would have never gone into debt to begin with. So getting into debt and getting out of debt isn't always about what's the interest rate, what's it costing you. It's sometimes an emotional or irrational decision. So I wanted to get it off as a goal. That was really the the purpose. Wasn't, uh, oh, I could invest more. I just wanted to get rid of the debt. So I, I, I really didn't take it too seriously until I was 25. Um, but I, I, I accumulated more debt, though. Um,
0: oh, so it wasn't like you graduated, you noticed your debt load, and you said, bump this, I need to get rid of it. You yes. graduated, got your first professional job, and it still took a couple
1: more years, and maybe you added – so I paid cash for a car after college. Okay. That was a great move. Okay, That was good. Uh, and, but that car wasn't a good car. And so it left me on the side of a highway, and that wasn't pleasant. And I made an emotional, irrational decision and went out and got a more expensive car. And that was stupid.
0: That you financed?
1: Yes, okay. correct. So when I say added to the debt, then that was, okay. that was the debt. Okay, so, that makes so, sense. But I believe my student loans, because I remember calling my mom, I was so proud. My student loans were paid off by 25. I still had some credit card debt. I was playing the whole credit card game, but my student loans were paid off within three years. And the reason why I intentionally chose, and this is, this is such a silly thing to say out loud, but it was it, it's what motivated me. Um, uh, they're not, oh God, I'm I'm escaping on the word. Um, They're not bankruptable. No matter where you go, no matter how far your life takes you, your student loans are not bankruptable, right? I could file bankruptcy and get rid of my house, get rid of my car, get rid of credit card debt, arguably I think even get rid of medical debt as well. Your student loans are not bankruptable. The moment I found that out, it's, it really did scare me. Even though the interest rate was so low, it motivated me, right? Again, going back to what is personal. And because it was personal and it motivated me, I said, wow, I really wanna get rid of this. So yes, the interest rate on the student loans was smaller. Yes, my student loan monthly payment was $123 versus my car payment was 323, but I wanted to pay off the student loans first. So I paid off the student loans first by 25, and then by the time I was 29, I had added a more. I had uh, the, the, the the debt, the credit card debt was paid off, put back on, paid off, put back on, and then got car, like I mentioned. At 29, uh, I was married, had my first kid on the way. We were completely debt-free and had, I think, like 40 grand cash in, in the bank. So, so 22 to 29, seven years. Seven years. Seven years. But, I mean, I, I could probably when you add it all up together and then you throw the cash in there, it probably could have happened faster. But at the end of the day, that's, that's the story.
0: And I think what's important about that story right there is, is it doesn't matter where you start. Mm. It's, it's a matter of where you finish, where you get there, understanding it's a journey. And just like on any journey or any adventure, not everything is always going to go your way. You're going to have your setbacks. Not every day is going to be a good day, but if you can take more steps forward than steps backwards, then you're still moving in a positive direction, but it's a mindset and it's nothing that you do snap your fingers and it goes away. You don't close your eyes and, and, and wish it, uh, into non-existence. No, you acknowledge it and you make changes. I Mm -hmm. mean, that's, that's what you did. You acknowledge that, oh shit, I have some debt and I don't like this. What do I need to do? Well, I need to control my income. Right? whether it's to get a job, whether it's to get a better job, whether it's to earn a raise, whether it's to get a side hustle, change careers, and you quit spending money, whatever those habits were, and you know I look at my life and that that is it. And I opened up and introed this podcast with your story, kind of coupled with mine, because you weren't the one who is cutting off your cable, who was trying to sell two cars that unfortunately you were upside down on. Um, you weren't deferring. I was deferring student loans because I was like, Hey, maybe I don't pay these because my interest rates 3%. Let me attack these credit cards that I owe 10 or $15,000 on whose rates are 14.99%. Um, and it was a combo. It was truly a combo of all of the above. I like you. And by the way, this does give us a leg up people in professions that, that, that are in the pay for performance have the better opportunity. It's not a guarantee. I mean, I was in a training class with 78 individuals. Wow. After my first year, that 78 was down to 37. After year two, 37 was down to 17. So that means that many people failed out of our profession. Good job. I, thank you. I know when you worked at, can I say where you worked before? Sure. When you worked at Northwestern Mutual, it was probably something very similar. There are a lot of people hired into the system, and you made it. <clears throat> or even in real estate, because really, your twenties were real estate; your thirties were financial advisor.
1: Yeah. So, uh, uh, so in real estate, again, you have to work hard. But there were there was two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I didn't leave real estate until two thousand twelve, as it was really kind of ramping back up, right, doing well. Two thousand eight and nine for three years it's called a riff or reduction in force. I survived multiple riffs. I've even got pr- promoted just prior to. So you gotta work hard. You have to you know, know your boss's boss. I don't know where we're going with this, but. Um...
0: No, all I was getting at is that um, when someone is looking at their, per- their current situation yeah. and they're feeling as if they're lost and yes. that it's impossible, you're proof that it's possible. I'm proof that it's possible you and I, one could argue, had a leg up because we work in professions where it is a eat what you kill. Therefore, we can go out and kill and kill and kill and kill and eat and eat and eat and eat, eat. meaning we can increase our income substantially much faster than someone who is is in a profession where their income is more determined by their role within the organization. Mm -hmm. But the people who make that argument need to also understand that where I came from, I was one of 17 surviving two years later when it started off a class of 78. You were in real estate at arguably one of the worst times, new construction home sales, where you saw your colleagues being cut, terminated, cut, terminated, and
1: you didn't let it deter you. So- It's an opportunity. And, and thank you for helping jog my train of thought. I started in a class of 12. And this is going to sound a little harsh because I really enjoyed getting to know all 11 other people. But as each one, whether it be by personal decision or by other decisions, left, I crossed a name off. Because every time I crossed somebody else's name off of that phone list, uh, th- th- of colleagues of mine, it meant that I was still here. Yep. And after 11 months, I believe I was the only one out of 12 remaining. Um, it's it's very challenging to, to walk into a financial advisor type of career path, because it, it very much so is either who do you know that you could help already through People around town, or you got to go out there and bust your butt and really make something of yourself, and it's very challenging. It's yeah, it very takes hard.
0: some it takes some hustle and drive. And I think my point being was, um, we all have our own unique situations, we all have our unique challenges. Mm-hmm. And my advice to anyone listening to this would be, stop the self limiting beliefs and mm-hmm. the and the, the self imposed doubts, mm-hmm. right? Quit making excuses. Understand that that your challenge could also be one of your biggest strengths. Um, because your friend that you see is possibly quote unquote doing it. Don't make an excuse for why they're doing it and you're not Mm -hmm. just focus on you and Mm -hmm. how you can go out there and do it. Mm -hmm. But your story and my story, I wanted to share because people who know us now may only see who we are now from a financial standpoint and want to be more like, like we were, or like we are and not know or forget Mm -hmm. we
1: weren't always there. Do we, how are we doing on time?
0: I'll probably wrap it up next couple minutes. Okay,
1: because I want to go one more step further. Because we're talking about when we were in our Mm twenties. Well, my wife and I intentionally decided. Right, I changed my. We started a family. I changed my careers. We intentionally decided to invest in her career. She constantly was seeing people. My wife is in uh, in healthcare. She's a nurse. She was constantly seeing people come into her unit and leaving. Uh, and and progressing in their career. And so my, my point in sharing that is we went and reinvested back into her career. And she does very well now, and I'm very proud of her. She works really hard. But people sometimes in the hospital, in the operating room, sometimes judge her from time to time because of how much money she makes now. But what people don't always realize is the debt that comes with that type of risk. Um, and I share that because even though I got out of debt at 29, we strategically on purpose invested in her career and we're paying off student loans again now, but way easier. Well, way and I faster.
0: bet you sat down and God, that is a whole, like I say, it's a lot like, Oh, that's another episode. But this is a, this, what I'm getting ready to say is a whole episode in itself mm-hmm. Which is you guys sat down, I bet, and looked at the ROI, Mm -hmm. the return on investment on that education. Absolutely. And how does it correlate monetarily? Absolutely. Because the the episode I want to do one day, Mm -hmm. and I may need to bring in an expert from uh, higher education, is I get a little bit bent out of shape and perturbed that people are going out spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on postgraduate degrees that help them earn two to three grand more a year. Mm. And I start running the numbers on ROI and you're never going to make your money back. Or when you do, it's a ridiculous amount of time, 25, 30 years. Um, So that you mentioned it. I wanted to make a point on today's show for anyone who's investing in themselves. Make sure when you're doing so, you're looking at the ROI. What is your return on investment there's nothing wrong with bettering yourself with more education Mm -hmm. especially if it leads to career advancement Mm -hmm. just make sure that the money you're spending you're going to be able to get a rate of return that makes sense and
1: not only when these people are doing this roi calculation you have to include the same numbers i included which is the opportunity cost you're missing out on the contributions because if you if you really stop your career and you go full-time student not only are you not earning a living, you're also not investing in your retirement, you're not getting that employer match. So when you do that ROI calculation, you have to take all those other factors into consideration and make sure it's justifiable, make sure it it makes sense. In in our situation, it absolutely makes sense. I think it was, uh, depending on which numbers and which metrics you use, it was either gonna be a three or five year ROI. I think the way we we were calculating it as a three year ROI.
0: And these are awesome conversations because for the audience, these are conversations that people who take an unemotional approach to money, um, that live a debt-free life, that that are on a plan to retire and retire with money. Retire these are, well. Retire well. These are conversations people have. And it's okay if you're not there yet. That's why Kyle has his YouTube channel. That's why we do this podcast. It's so that we can bring what we feel like is valuable content to the masses in hopes that more people can jump on board. Someone who has $42,000 in debt can listen to this and be like, okay, it's all right. Kyle basically told me make more, spend less and take a tactical approach to my finances while setting proper expectations. That's the secret sauce.
1: I know we're at it feels like we're wrapping up the one thing i want to say that was great and what i want to add to that which i feel like if anyone is in debt right now and they're hearing this the other thing that they need to hear is stop comparing yourself oh god yes stop comparing you in debt to somebody that already worked hard and is out of debt or already worked hard to grow their business or worked hard to improve their financial life and they're five ten years ahead of you stop judging yourself stop comparing yourself to other people and recognize be where your feet are know your lane stay in your lane and don't get caught up in the keeping up with the joneses there you go
0: that is the worst because you don't get to see behind their curtain Mm -hmm. and i'm pretty sure you're not letting them in to see behind your curtain but if more people did what we would find is that you don't want to keep up with the Joneses. So what you said right there is is paramount. I couldn't echo it times a billion wouldn't be enough because yes, stay in your lane. I love it. Stay in your lane. If you find today that you are not where you want to be financially, it's okay. It's okay. Start tonight. Start tomorrow. One step, one foot in front of the other, step by step, you can get there. If you need some words of encouragement. If you need some practical advice, if you need some entertaining videos that'll help you get there or help you stay on course, Kyle, YouTube channel.
1: Financial Awareness with K Scholl.
0: He's K Scholl. I'm Dio. This is the Loan Officer Podcast, and we are out.